0: welcome to it thanks for being with us here on inside the yard a couple of orioles broadcasters brett hollander and jeff arnold big show today as we mark opening day in baltimore and also the dark night after one game as an oriole he will join us coming up plus for our insider segment rock Kubako and jeff for the orioles as we record on this tuesday i don't think you could draw it up any better for our first few games of the 2021 season
1: Well, they played well across every facet of the game. Pitching was good. You didn't walk too many. You were getting ahead. You got a phenomenal performance from John Means. Bruce Zimmerman turns in his first major league win and quality start. Defensively, you played well. Offensively, you had a big game on Sunday. The approaches looked good throughout. So it's only three games, and it's only four games total at the time where we're taping this. But you've seen a bunch of good things so far out of this Orioles team. And I thought it was really cool to see what they were able to do up in Boston. Another year where, as we know, the Orioles in recent seasons have gotten off to really good starts. If you look at their record in first series, it's a good takeaway. A lot of season left to play, but you'll certainly take a lot of the good that we've seen on this first road trip.
0: Love what we've seen from Cedric Mullins, the consistency of Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini getting back into the mix. A lot of positives to pull away. Uh, You mentioned, obviously, the performance of John Means and Bruce Zimmerman. Matt Harvey, our guest today, one of the more intriguing stories to me on this team and and throughout baseball. When you really dive through the numbers and, and look at when he was last really good, it has been a while. But he at least presented himself pretty well in
1: his first outing. He did. He pitched into the fifth inning. I think it would have been cool to see him get one more out. But there were some good things that you were able to see. He was in the zone. He was getting ahead. He was attacking. It was something we saw from all the pitchers over the first weekend series against the Red Sox. And, you know, mechanically, it seems like he has made some strides working with Chris Holt and Darren Holmes, your pitching coach and your bullpen coach. And I talked to Chris Holt earlier today. There's still a number of things that he's trying to work on and are still front burner things for him. I think it's going to be a process for Harvey throughout the season. In years past, the stuff wasn't bad, but just the results were not great. You are hopeful that what he put together in Boston is something that he can build on. And Chris Holt and Darren Holmes, they're really good pitching coaches, and they're good at figuring out little tweaks that need to be made to get a pitcher into the right spot. And you're hopeful that as Harvey takes the things that he already learned from that performance center in New Jersey and continues to work on them with Holt and Holmes, that he'll continue to carry some of the success he had at the end of spring training and in that first regular season start into his next few outings.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all develops for Matt Harvey. Other things that are really positive that we've seen some big league debuts from the likes of Ryan McKenna, of course, the two rule five pitchers in Tyler Wells and Max Soroller. and just a great story about Sir Roller. He came in and really a tough spot to say the least in a game that was probably already out of reach. And he really stuff wise looked good and, on the mental side of it, to make a big league debut against Aaron Judge, the Yankees, in the Bronx, and of course, the connection we all have to Big Ben McDonald,
1: and he being the nephew of Ben, that's just an awesome story. First batter he faces, Aaron Judge. Situation, bases loaded. It was a lopsided score, but he struck out Aaron Judge, and he did it with eight straight fastballs. It's an approach that I think had Judge pretty confused, if I'm being honest with you. I think Judge got himself out because of the way that he was overthinking it, being like, first ever batter face in the major leagues, bases loaded, and he's going to throw me eight straight fastballs. Well, he did, and he got out of the jam. He got Judge, and then he got Aaron Hicks, and then he started to mix in his secondary stuff. The split change that he has is a really good pitch. I guess if you want to combine the two terms, splitter and changeup, it does both. It has the dive bombing action of the split, but it then has the fading action of the changeup. And the Yankees didn't know what to do with it. He got some breaking balls in there, too. Big night for Mac, for his family, for Ben McDonald. Uh, Ben was even sweating when he came on the Masson broadcast and was talking about it. I'm sure it brought back a lot of memories for him because as we've talked about uh, with Ben previously... Mac, the highest level that he had pitched was advanced day, and when Ben McDonald made his big league debut, the highest level that he had pitched was advanced day. Two outings there, so great for, for Mac, as also great for Tyler Wells. You have two pitchers that can give you length, and who knows how that the year is going to unfold for them. We talk more about it with Rock Bacco. but for now, they have continued what they did in Sarasota into the start of the regular season. And when you get that first outing under your belt, you put a zero on the scoreboard, and you do so against the two offenses that they faced. That's a really big step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, it was great to see. Matt Harvey joins us coming up. And then
1: for our insider segment, Rockabaco. But before we get to that, Jeff. Single game tickets, they're on sale now. 2021 tickets are on sale for April and May. Individual tickets start as low as $15. You can purchase your single game tickets and choose from popular promo dates, including the Memorial Day Beach towel, and more. You're going to need one of those for when you go to the beach this summer, partner. Select your dates and purchase at orioles.com slash tickets.
0: Right now, here at Inside the Yard is Orioles right-hander Matt Harvey. And Matt, thank you so much for joining us. And I guess one start in the books, how do you feel a few days later? I feel pretty good.
3: Definitely uh, excited for the next one. I think, as all of us probably are, minus means. I mean, obviously, he shoved pretty well on his first outing. So. You just got to keep that going. But, you know, I think getting the first one out of the way is, is always important. And, you know, obviously I wish I had gone deeper in the game and kept the runs off the board, but, you know, there's always next time. So I'm excited about it.
1: You're the veteran of the bunch in this starting rotation. What have been some of your takeaways of some of the younger Orioles starting pitchers that you've seen?
3: I think just, just the work ethic. I mean, going in every day, prep work it's not even prep work for bullpens and and game it's it's prep for just throwing and and going outside and stretching and doing the the daily throwing program I mean they're in there 30 40 50 minutes before even doing that stuff so it's definitely a little bit different than the way I started my career and kind of looking back I wish you know I had taken more time like they 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 are now and you know it's, it's 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 helping me get in there even more. And, you know, I like to be in there every day, get my work done. And obviously being a little bit older now, I got to take my time and, and make sure things are, you know, loose and, and the way that they need to be moving. So, you know, having them do that every day and kind of be in there, be in there with them during that stuff is, is, it's fun to watch. I really appreciated listening to you on some zoom calls during, I
0: guess, spring training, Matt, and really your humility and candor and talking about, for one, how excited you were to make the ball club, and you never thought you'd feel this way, given the fact that you were once pitching in a World Series game as a starter and an All-Star game as a starter. How rough has it been, kind of going back several years in your career?
3: Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, it's uh, this game is definitely humbling, you know, and, and I think you can go through injuries. Obviously, I had the Tommy John in, in 2013 and, and came back from that pretty well. But then, you know, obviously, the TOS surgery kind of really really took a toll, and and you know a lot of people don't really understand how serious that that surgery is, and and how hard it is to come back, and how much work really needs to be put into it uh, on a daily basis in order for the for that not to you know come back into play. Getting a rib removed, getting a, a muscle in your neck removed, and and also a release of your pec minor. I mean, it's it's three pretty important things that you you were born with, and everybody has that are, are taken away from you. So it's. A daily thing that I have to kind of work on, and you know, make sure. I think I've I've said it a few times. Make sure posture and and everything, in the backside of your body, and back especially your shoulder is is strong and moving properly. And it takes a daily task to do all that stuff. So it's definitely been an interesting ride, and hopefully, I can turn it around and pitch a little bit better than I did the first game, and keep that going for a full season. Jeff Arnold,
1: Brett Hollander, with Matt Harvey on Inside the Yard. As you've gone through some of these different things like thoracic outlet syndrome. And as you try to get yourself back to a spot where you can be in a major league starting rotation, who are some people that you leaned on that helped you you keep going? Because with all the the different things that you have been through, that takes some serious uh, mental fortitude to, to continue to push on.
3: Honestly, it was, I, I'd say myself, I, I think I definitely second guessed the process a little bit and, and the possibility of actually becoming successful again and at times I felt great and there's other times where I felt absolutely terrible didn't know why I was doing this anymore and you know I like to relate things to a golf game it's kind of like finishing the round with a birdie in the 18th hole it always keeps you coming back and you know I, I feel like there was a lot of 18th hole birdies that I was having you know in bullpens and in games you know it, whether it was one good batter it just it, it where it clicked and felt good that kind of kept me kept me going forward it definitely took a lot of time and thought, but I, I think for me to continue was was really my personal choice that it's why I'm here now.
0: We're with Matt Harvey and Matt, were you really close at a few points to calling a career? I mean, was that something that you seriously considered?
3: Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I think I don't know if I actually would have gone through with it at, or lasted very long in that in that sense, but I think I was I think I was a little bit somewhat at peace with it when you know, when obviously COVID and, and everything changed the the season last year and not having a call until middle of July, really, that was kind of, you know, going through a summer and not getting call and really not knowing what was going to happen. I think, I think I kind of just figured I wasn't going to get a call at all. And then Kansas City called and, and went there. And I, I felt like I was kind of playing catch up the whole year and, and didn't really have a whole lot of off-season time, I guess, or, or summer time to, fully prepare in the the way that I was able to do this off season. So I was grateful for the opportunity last year and, you know, things didn't go very well. So I think I was a little bit worried about it this off season, but like I said, I, there was, there was enough 18th holes last year that made me work even harder this off season, probably harder than I've ever worked. You know, it paid off with getting the chance to come here.
1: You've worked a lot with the people at the performance center, Chris Holt and Darren Holmes have been really key to your you know getting back to where you want to be they've worked with you on mechanics another thing that they've worked with you on is the sinker and i was looking at some of the statcast info and it looks like you threw it previously but now you're leaning on it a lot more um how is that pitch better for you now and some of the things that you're doing with it maybe compared to how you were throwing it before
3: figuring out you know different locations to throw it early in my career when i was throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s and touching 100, it was, you just go up there and throw and wasn't really scared if I missed. Now, I think just learning about the movements better and how to start pitches in certain places and, and certain counts, just finding hitters weaknesses and being able to use the movement and I guess less speed and in, in certain counts and kind of just become a little bit of a, I, I'm not going to say finesse, I wouldn't say I'm still throwing 95. So I'm not, not, da- I'm not, I'm not down that far, but Just a little bit more of a finesse pitcher, I guess you could say. All right, Matt, now it's time for our fun five baseball questions. Are you ready? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Favorite baseball
0: movie? Oh, uh, The Natural. High school, senior year, ERA.
3: It had to have been close to a one, I think. I I can't remember. I think I did. I actually did lose a game, though, which was upsetting. But
0: What would your first grade teacher say about you?
3: Probably that I knew I was going to be in the big leagues at some point. I'm pretty sure she, she still has an autograph from me when I was in first grade. <laughs> favorite minor league city to play or visit? I went to
0: North Carolina, so I'd have to say Durham. Fair enough. Not too far from Chapel Hill. Name one talent you have outside of baseball. I don't
3: know. I mean, I, I'm a decent golfer. I love to fish. Karaoke. Not very good at it, but. What's your favorite karaoke song? I'd say uh, the Humpty Dance by digital underground what's your handicap right now down to a four what'd you say you were okay at golf yeah today i played this morning so i'm not a little disappointed in my my round but who, who do you like this weekend at augusta i don't know i haven't i honestly haven't take, taken taking a, a taking a look at it i mean final four and the march madness has kind of taken over my watching and concentration but and just a bonus question for you i have to ask this and maybe you've answered it before.
0: Do you like the nickname Dark Knight? I mean, is that something you embrace? It's It kind of goes with you as much as any, I mean, at this point, baseball, it, it follows you. Is that
3: one you really like and, and enjoy? wouldn't say I dislike it. I wouldn't say I, I'm i going to deck my house out in Dark Knight stuff. But no, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, I have nieces and nephews who, who you know, are, are into it and you know, it was pretty cool to when I was pitching well, obviously, to see all the masks and costumes and and stuff like that. So it was it was pretty fun. I know my I know my friends get a good kick out of it, and a lot of them call me Dark Knight still. So it's fun.
0: Matt Harvey, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Best of luck in the uh, home upper. All right. Thanks. Now for our insider segment and from Mastersports.com, Rock Kubako is with us. And Rock, I must say, you know, once you get into the grind of the season, you kind of forget your humor for a moment or two, but we were going to go with our sleeves cut out today. And this is an audio (laughs) podcast. We forgot, you know, maybe later in the year, next time we have you on, we'll go with the guns out, as they say, as the kids say.
4: I would be honored if you guys did that.
0: We were going to surprise you with it. A,
4: A Jersey Shore tank. That would be Awesome.
0: Maybe in June when we feel a little more confident in our sun tans, but we'll wait for that okay. later in the year. Brett's speaking for himself here. I'm never <laughs> feeling confident. Hey, I've
4: seen the promo photo of you with your arms crossed there, Jeff. You're showing off the, the big guns.
1: Well, I don't know if they were big guns, but at least that big belt size went down a notch or two with my <laughs> offseason work. I didn't want to eat my way out of the game.
0: Jeff who can we talk to by the way to maybe get a new photo shoot for that promo that they put on television every day I
1: think we know we must know somebody yeah I think we do so I'm gonna have to take that up with them
0: if we have one of those cards to play now's the time to play with that photo shoot all right well let's get into it rock great start for the Orioles this season and as we look at the one glaring negative I think it's another injury for, for Austin Hayes who just cannot seem to stay on the field it's it is bad luck, but what's your sense of Austin right now and his timeline to return?
4: Well, it's a little dicey because we were told last night that it was a mild strain and Brandon Hyde didn't think it was going to be too long, but every time something is mild or day-to-day or whatever it seems to extend, remember DJ Stewart had tweaked his hamstring on March 5th and we still haven't seen him on the field since then. You know, Chris Davis you know, tweaked his back a little bit on the February 28th, and he's his picture's on the back of a milk carton now. I mean, the guy's gone, so it's a hamstring. just like with obliques, hamstrings, you know, they, they take some time to heal. I would like to think that they caught it in time, even though he did have to go on the injured list because it's not like he was carried off the field, and I believe he heard it, and we haven't talked to Austin. I believe he injured it on his way to second base on the double, maybe more so than diving back in the bag. So we did stay in the game. Brandon Hyde didn't notice anything. He said he looked up and Austin was coming off the field. He was confused, like, what just happened? Because that was on the, the weird bloop by Mullins that was uh, looked like it was caught. Then they ruled it was trapped. And all of a sudden, Austin's coming off the field. So there was some confusion. So maybe they caught it in time. They're just being careful with him, especially with his injury history. But – just seeing him leave the field, it was disappointing. Because this guy, it's, you know, it's, it's the hamstring, it's a shoulder, it's a rib cage, it's a wrist, it's a thumb. I and mean, there's been so many things with him and some are flukish. And in this case, though, it's, it's straight in a hamstring running out a double. I mean, how, how does that happen? He's, he looks like he's in excellent shape and had the great spring. And of course, he declared himself ready to play 162 and he made it through three, two and a half, I guess. So that's, that's the disappointing part. I, I don't think he's going to be out long it just makes you wonder you know what's next with this poor guy
1: kind of with that injury issue with Austin Hayes in terms of Anthony Santander being able to keep him on the field too you know he had the oblique at the very end of spring training fortunately it didn't keep him out of the opening day lineup are the Orioles going to have to consciously make sure he's getting days uh, just to make sure that he doesn't miss any extended stretches
4: I think so. And, you know, an example was this, you know, the first game in New York, he wasn't in the lineup and all these people on Twitter thought maybe he got traded. I feel bad because I'm not saying it's happening, but I think I just written that morning. There's still a lot of interest. And also it's like, why we're Santander. It's like Brandon already said that, you know, he wanted to give him a rest. He wanted to rest him Sunday at Santander, talked him out of it. And then he wanted to take him out in a blowout and couldn't because of the Hayes injury because they have a short bench. So I think that was just being careful still because of the oblique. And, and even though he's fine, they don't want to have any sort of a setback there, especially when it ended the season early last year. So they're being just very careful with him. I think they will. I think they're going to DH him sometimes. They're going to sit him once in a while, no matter how he's swinging the bat, just to try and get him through 162 games because he's been shut down the last two Septembers. And again, definitely with an oblique. I mean, he definitely felt a twinge on the backfield when they were doing a hitting drill. And they immediately basically shut him down and then just kept him on the backfield, swinging easily in a controlled environment instead of putting him in a game for those last six games because they were so worried about it. So I think they are going to be very careful, especially early in the year, cold weather. Uh, There's no reason to go ahead and push it and have him end up out for a month or more. The
0: best story so far this season, Rock, is Cedric Mullins, who I think as fans look at it, you look at the talent coming along the way in the outfield. The guys who were already established there who you probably think are, are going to be on the next really competitive Orioles ball club. But none of these things, and this is a great reminder of that are set in stone and some like Mullins might just play his way into the long-term plans of the Baltimore Orioles.
4: What's well, interesting how he went from possible fourth outfielder to possible platoon and center to without, well, we could just be the everyday center fielder and especially because he's hitting left handers while batting from the left side. He's got to be able to do that in order to not be a part-time player. Uh, I don't think he's going to hit 600 this year. I'm going to go out on a limb, guys, and you know burn the tape if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's going to hit 600. However, I think he's now at a point where he should be able to stay in the majors, and it could be in any kind of role, whether he is the everyday center fielder, and especially with Hayes hamstring, or whether you know, he's part-time center, sometimes he's a defensive replacement, sometimes he's a pinch runner, whatever. There's definitely a spot for a guy like that on the roster, but I give him credit for not settling for I'm just trying to make this club as a fourth or fifth outfielder and a defensive replacement or whatever. I mean, he wants to be the center fielder every day. He seems like a prototypical leadoff guy in which there aren't many of those left in baseball. You know, we've talked about there aren't a lot of Al Bunbury's and Mickey Rivers types out there now. You get all kinds of guys batting leadoff, especially in this organization when Nick Barcakis did it at one time. Cedric really is a legit leadoff guy. Just you can't steal first base. And that's been the issue in the past. But he's actually now... a point where I think he's going to be established in the majors and I think he can be an everyday player and I give him credit for abandoning the switch hitting thing it's that was being suggested for a few years and he wanted to keep trying and he didn't want to give up too quickly he's he's competitive and he has a lot of pride but I give him credit for recognizing finally look this isn't working I just need to focus on batting left-handed and then working to hit left-handed pitching which small sample
1: size he has done. Jeff Arnold, Brett Hollander with Masson's Rock Kubako, a.k.a. the uh, Grandfather of the Year. Rock, the biggest surprise over the first series was seeing Rio Ruiz play at second base. He made two over-the-shoulder catches and one diving pickup, which helped John Means complete seven innings in the first start of the season. Second base for Rio Ruiz. Is this something that is going to be happening for a while? I mean, what, what are you, what's, how are you handicapping this current Rio Ruiz second base experiment?
4: I think if the roster stayed exactly as is, it would be for a while, at least against right-handed pitching. However, I don't know if the roster stays this way. So that's a difficult question to answer because I know that they are still looking to see if there's an upgrade at second base out there. And if so, they will go out and get him. And Odor was somebody they were doing their background work on. I don't know where they stand with that now, but they knew he was going to be DFA'd and they were interested per sources. So if that's the case, then clearly they're not committed to playing real Ruiz the vast majority of the time at second base. But I think they would, you know, they're comfortable having him for now out there. And they do want to find ways to get him and Franco in the lineup together. And I think they kind of like the versatility of, of, of Valleca and or Urias being able to come off the bench, really be a super utility guy instead of having to play regularly at the one position. So I think they're happy for now with Ruiz. It was a great debut. I'm curious about what he can do just more time at second on routine balls. Have we seen him turn a double play yet? Things like that. We do know he can run down shallow fly balls and can make the occasional diving stop like he did at third. I think he's going to have to prove that he can make more of the routine plays and be trustworthy at second and not just spectacular in those instances. Again, I think they're still kind of looking to see if their second baseman have become available and that would kind of fit for them. And especially a guy like Odor, who was your, you get to take on the minimum and the Rangers pay the rest. I think that was tempting.
0: Rock, I want to ask you about Adley Rutschman, the context of MLB came out with their predictions of the top prospects and when they would debut. They put Adley in July. I mean, they have no insight on this. This is just merely a prediction. Uh, do you have any sense of the club's willingness to move him along at that pace, assuming, and this is a huge assumption, he were to go to double-A Bowie and hit and then advance perhaps to even triple-A Norfolk and hit.
4: Right. I think those would be the first two steps. I think he's going to have to go – he'll go to triple-A after double-A. I think that's way early for a projection to say by then he would be in the majors. It, this is a big if if he comes up this year. I think it would be later in the year than that. If it's late August, if it's in September, uh, or they're just going to wait till you know the following summer. But I don't think they're going to have him play for a few months in in the minors, especially with the minor league season starting later and him losing out on a season last year. And then say, hey, he's ready by July. Like, I just think that would be a bit premature. So, you know, I'm still not sure we even see him. I don't know if they've made a final decision on that. I think they do want to kind of see how it goes and how he's playing. If we see him, if I think it would be much later than that in the season.
1: I'm sure our buddy Ben McDonald was really excited to see Max Soroller strike out Aaron Judge and strand the bases loaded. Two and two-thirds of scoreless baseball his first time out there. True was probably saying at home, he done good. <laughs> I mean, he, he probably was really excited about watching it. And it certainly was exciting for us to watch him. It was exciting for us to watch Tyler Wells. But two Rule 5 pitchers on a 26-man roster, is there a staying power? Do you think they have the ability to stay on the roster the entire season?
4: I think if there was a season to do it, it would be now because you're still in the rebuild. You're looking for guys who can provide innings length, which they both can do. And you may as well, and they love the arms. The only way you keep them in the system is you got to keep them in the organization. You can't option them. So I think that this would be the time to at least try it. It's not like it's going to cost them a pennant if they have growing pains. Uh, You may as well try. And I was surprised it was two. I was surprised at one point it'd even be one. Then after that, I thought, well, then there's a chance for one. I did not think there would be two. And then here we are. But, you know, they earned it. And this was a camp where you had a chance to really earn spots by performing well in spring training and it wasn't just them obviously keegan aiken pitched his way off of the free training ross or bruce zimmerman pitched his way on it and some other guys the results did count for some people this spring that hasn't always been the case and those guys other than one bad outing in Dunedin, they were pretty good so i think you know they figured look you know we're we're going we have a 14-man pitching staff these guys we think can do more than just be you know one inning guy stashed in the back of a bullpen let's give it a shot
0: and they do provide some length, and that is what's needed uh, right now for pretty much every bullpen across Major League Baseball. Rock Kubako, Rock, we really appreciate it for our insider segment. Thank you. Always my pleasure.
1: all new 2021 five game flex plan is available now select the games that fit your schedule including access to popular promo dates like the orioles beach towel plans start at just 99 bucks visit orioles.com slash flex to purchase your plan hey jeff
0: i have great news what's your great news brett your broadcast radio partner for like the next 10 games is none other than yours truly are you ready i thought you were going to give me good news (laughs) oh I guess your perception is off today. No, that is great news. It's not good news. It's great news. You're right.
1: Listen, I know that over the next, how many weeks are you
0: doing radio? It's a couple of weeks right now. And then I move back to TV for a a couple of
1: series. So it's a complicated schedule. So I get somebody that I can make fun of for like three weeks. And that is fabulous. Fabulous. And then I know that, then I know I'm off for like a couple of games and then KB is coming into town so he can make fun of you while I'm gone. So it's going to be great. You
0: know, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We get the home opener together and the first series with fans at Camden Yards for uh, the first time since 2019, obviously Trey Mancini's return to Camden Yards. And I'm really looking forward to that experience uh, with you across the Orioles radio network. Also my takeaway with Matt Harvey, he's such a thoughtful person. I, I think that's not what you read about or heard over the years, but he's, uh, really, a thoughtful guy and was really enjoyable to talk to.
1: We've gotten that since his first Zoom. I mean, he always has something good to say whenever he talks to you. And, you know, my biggest takeaway is he had all those injuries that would cause a lot of guys to consider retirement. And then he had a, a lot, of, lot of valleys and not a whole lot of peaks. But, you know, maybe it was just something that happened in a bullpen each year that. He said it's like getting a birdie on that 18th hole. It just keeps you coming back and back. And he's kept coming back and went to that performance center, made a difference, good spring training, good first start, some things he can build off of in his second start against the Red Sox. But guy's been through a lot. I mean, he has been to the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And now is is trying to reinvent himself and keep his career going with the U.S.
0: Cool story. Something to watch throughout the 2021 Orioles season. All right, Jeff. Uh, we'll be broadcasting from the Orioles radio booth over the next several series together. I look forward to that. Before we say goodbye, don't forget single game suites are available. Birdland experience an O's game with the convenience and privacy of your own suite, a variety of affordable single game suites throughout the ballpark are available. Enjoy exclusive access to the game with climate controlled interior seating, a private restroom and comfortable outside seating. Visit Orioles.com slash suites for more information. For Jeff Arnold, I'm Brett Halder saying so long and thank you for being with us on this edition of Inside the Yard.